bonne année and welcome to 2018 and the first French Football Weekly podcast of the new year. I am Philippa B and I am joined by Jeremy Smith. Hi, Jez. Hello. Happy new and year. Rich Allen. Hi, Rich. Hello. Now, Chris is unfortunately having to work late uh, in Scrooge-like conditions for most of January, so we will crack on without him and hope to have him back in the fold very soon. But the first, uh, the first football that kicked off 2018 in French football was the Coupe de France. The round of 64, the 32e's, if you will, um, 32 matches pitching teams from the 8th division up to the 1st division who are joining here. And there were some absolutely cracking matches um, involved in that. Now, we had about five upsets. I'm using here the Simon Gleave uh, of Infostrada um kind of way of uh, defining different levels of surprise, which is upset, shock, and big shock. Uh, so there were five upsets where teams beat teams uh, one level higher than them, including two Ligue 1 teams getting knocked out, one of which I think most of us were expecting, with Angers going down 2-0 to uh, Ligue 2's Lorient. Um, but one which wasn't maybe quite as expected was Socho of Ligue 2 putting six past Amiens for no reply. Um, I don't know if anybody saw any of that, but it sounds like chaos. Either of you see any of any of this one? Uh, no, uh, can't, can't say I saw any of that one, no. I think it was, um, I think Sochaux, uh, they seem to be, a, I'm not going to say in crisis, but there seems to be a bit of sort of, ongoing for a good couple of seasons now sort of tension between the fans and the um and the i think it's the chinese owners but they're still a club with you know very rich history and a good squad and a lot of very good young players that make mm-hmm. the, the french youth teams um and yeah i i don't think anyone was expecting a six nil but um Amiens playing a weakened team at a team away to a team like social i don't think the um the result in itself is so surprising and I think it's good it's good hopefully that'll be a good confidence booster for social who are a team that I think you know there's an argument to say that they're the sort of team or the sort of club that probably deserves its place in Ligue 1 mm-hmm. and it would be nice to see some of these um younger players whether they stay there or not sort of flourishing and pushing them a little bit higher up um also six different scorers which is always fun oh, very pleasing um, yeah. Yeah. So, as well as that, there were a couple of near misses. One of the Petit Pousset, one of the eighth tier teams, eight tier. Bear in mind, professionalism kicks in midway through the third tier in France. FC still held out for 80 minutes against Ligue 1 Trois, um, before conceding a goal. They only went down 1 0. They played really well. Their captain, Alexandre Maisonneuve, who um, quoted a bit in the in the preview, did an absolute Trojan's job in midfield, ironically. But um, they're out. Um, elsewhere, A.S. Fabreg of the fifth tier um, and Angoulême of the fifth tier both um, forced higher opposition to, to extra time and only lost by one goal. And uh, <clears throat> my team, Montpellier, required penalties to beat a fifth tier CA Pontalier, which I did actually manage to watch that and 
good God, I wish I hadn't. But the big shock, the wonderful, wonderful big shock, we've been previewing, Jez has got the job of previewing Granville in the Coupe de France for the past couple of years because he just keeps making open all hours jokes. But they did it. The fourth tier team uh, beat Bordeaux. Um, and they beat Bordeaux in really quite strange circumstances, which was Bordeaux had three men sent off. Three. I mean, that's ludicrous. Towards the end, it looked like they were going for a fourth and just to get the match called off. Uh, Granville 1-2-1. The three sent off were Sabali, Carrick and Plazil, and Bordeaux just absolutely imploded. Um, over 120 minutes uh, away at a fourth tier side. I mean, that is not a good auger for um, the restart for 2018 where they're supposed to be pulling themselves together and getting back up the table. Um, do, again, any points to, to take from that, do you think, uh, Rich? Do you think the augers, <laughs> is that as catastrophic as it looks? Well, it absolutely is. Um, I, I tweeted actually after after the game that I'm, I'm presuming that the Bordeaux players want Gorvenek sacked. Um, I could, that's the only explanation for a performance like that because you're a team under pressure. You've had a a pretty dreadful first half of the season. You're against you know much lower league opposition. Um, you know this is going to be a tricky game. You go out and you play well and to a man they just lost their heads um so for me the only explanation is is that they've just given up on Gorbin. you know we, we've seen it plenty of times with other teams where perhaps the players want the manager out but perhaps not quite to as dramatic effect as this um quite how Gorbinek, you know as much as we all love Gorbinek, quite how he's still in a job um you know i don't particularly know especially after that game um but it was just a crazy, crazy, crazy performance. I think that um, I'm going to try to um, look at it a different way just because I like Gurvenek. But, um, I mean, there must be so much sort of tension around Bordeaux because of the terrible form they're in. Um, and I guess once they get pegged back, once one player goes off and you're you know, away to a very small team, I don't know if there's sort of... You know, everyone starts panicking, thinking, oh, you know what's about to happen, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, a was it, it was a 95th minute uh, equaliser that forced it to extra time. They must have thought they were home and kind of thinking, thank Christ for that. And then all of a sudden, you've got to play another 20, uh, another 30 minutes. Also, um, Duniamo's, I think, set up the equaliser and scored the winner. Yeah. Um, also, missed the penalty earlier. Yep. Um and played under Bordeaux at Gangon. So it's kind of like every different available kind of salt that you can <laughs> rub into the wound was there. But um, so, yeah, I'm going to try to sort of say, rather than the players having sort of uh, let Gourvenet go or kind of doing it because they're, they're not playing for him anymore, possibly it's, I don't know, trying too hard. But um, also like two of the ones who were sent off, I think are pretty young players but you certainly expect to have a lot more from Placio. yeah yeah that was um, the one where you just thought oh christ they've absolutely gone now i just want to yeah. mention that the equalizer scorer uh, was sullivan martinet because um you know uh, credit where credit is due on, on that one he got the first ladislav duniama uh got the penalty for the winner now 
Also, I just I don't know, but I, I mean, I, I, if if Gourvenet really has lost the changing room, surely the the staff wouldn't keep him on. So I don't know if they are sort of taking a view that you know it is a long bad run, but that's all it is, and he can turn it around. I don't know. Well, that's their sixth loss on the spin, including two in in both one in each cup. Um, so yeah, their form is terrible, and we'll be coming on to what might happen to that a little bit later. I think um, the next round, the uh, round of 32 CZMs are happening in, on the 23rd and 24th of January. That's got one really big tie in it, which is Monaco versus Lyon. But we also have, as we mentioned, some of these lower tier teams still in it. There's three fifth tier teams, two of whom are playing playing third tier opposition which bodes well, and four fourth-tier teams, including Granville, who will be playing Concano of National, who are third-tier. So we hopefully will still get some uh, some of the smaller teams going going through. So so that will be um, interesting to watch. Are there any other matches in the, in the CZMs uh, which either of you want to kind of pick out? There's uh, the um, cut adrift at the bottom of the table, Lico, between Tour and Mass. <laughs> Oh really? Are they play? Seriously, Tour have only got five points in Nigda. It's, I mean, wow. There's um, there's there's Epinal v Marseille, so um, we are, we are guaranteed a small team through. <laughs> oh, Christ, you're you're fielding these tweets yourself, Richard. There we go. Um, so yeah, so we've got. Really interesting um, round of round of thirty two coming up from the Coupe de France. Um, the league. Uh, League Cup uh, quarterfinals are taking place tonight and tomorrow. Tonight we've got Nice versus Monaco and tomorrow it's Rennes, Toulouse, Angers, Montpellier and Amiens attempting to recover from that 6-0 hammering facing PSG who put six past Rich's Rennes uh, in in the Coupe de France. So um, we'll be looking out for for what happens in those matches as well. Now, moving on, obviously... Also, just very, very quickly, there's um, Lecomte's going playing Lorient in the cup, which is quite nice. Montpellier-Lorient, so... Are we? Right, I completely lost track of who who was there other than the... Uh... Oh, yes. Marvellous. We're at home. Be able to actually go to that. Brilliant. <laughs> right. Um, moving on from that, it is January, so things are changing. Players are moving on, players are moving out. Monaco has already sent three players out on loan, that kind of thing. Um, we've had a couple of questions about about the transfer market, and obviously only a bit of business has been done so far, but it might be interesting to look at it. Uh, our good friend Thomas Wiseman um, asked about if there's any Ligue 2 players who will be targets in the window. Now, Umut Bozok is the one that people have been talking about. He scored just a shed load of goals for Nîmes. Uh, in Ligue 2. His agent has said he's not moving. Um, whether we believe that or not is another matter. But are there any other Ligue players that uh, might be of interest um, for a move in the transfer window, which would be interesting? Uh, I think John Bostock is, has been heavily linked, hasn't he, with um, mm. with a move out of Ligue 2. He was obviously Ligue 2 player of the season last year. <laughs> Um, you know, performed really, really well. Um, uh, sort of in tandem, I suppose, with Lance's form in in league this season, he's just been 
you know, a far, far, far shadow of the player that he was last season. Um, I think there's been a couple of knocks. I think there's been, there's obviously been a drop in form. And there's also then been, I think, this this persistent transfer rumours. Um, I mean, he's, you know, he did have a very good season last season, but you know, it's, I think it's Dijon, is it Dijon and Angers? I think I've seen him linked with moves too, so... Well, he, Angers would be a daft move, frankly, if he's trying to get out of league. De, you'd have thought. <laughs> Just thinking, you know, medium term at the very least. So, <clears throat> there's, um There's actually, um, is it Nia Carte who's gone from last year, Valencian sold Nia Kite to Mess, and now they've got Nia Carte. I think they've sold him to Stoke. Oh. Um, he's meant to be a talented defender. I think that. I think there's there's a lot of very talented players around in Ligue 2, but I'm not sure how many are going to go in the um, in this mm. transfer window. I mean, you've got players like Guitan at, at Le Havre, who, who's getting a lot of good press. And um, normally, you'd, you'd say that if there's a player at Le Havre who's getting a lot of attention, they'll probably sell sooner rather than later. But mm-hmm. this year, Le Havre were really in, in contention for, for promotion. They're not sort of doing their usual of playing very nice football but somehow ending up in, in mid-table so I'd have thought that they'd resist any attempts to to, to sort of lose anyone in their, in their squad at least till till the summer but I think there'll, I think there'll be quite a lot of movement in the summer but mm-hmm. I just I wouldn't expect too many right now. Right. One that, that looks like it might be happening now is in that team I mentioned that might be in League de- um, in the medium term, which is that Carl Toko Akambi is getting a lot of interest from including um, several premiership clubs. Now, um, one of those is your own Brighton Hove Albion, uh, Jez, who are being heavily linked with him. Apparently, one bid has already been batted away, um, but it's looking more and more likely like he's off which I think will be a good thing for whoever buys him, but will probably be a terrible thing for Angier, given that he's got nine goals and nobody else has any more than two, I think. You know, th- that would be a real nail in the coffin moment. But if premiership clubs keep chucking that kind of money that's been banded around 13, 14, 15 million, Angier I would find it very, very difficult to resist. Um what do you think about that potential uh, potential move? Does it seem to have legs? Um, it, uh, there, there was a rumour about Brighton putting in a bid in the in the summer, which I didn't actually believe at all. But um, clearly, this time it is, there's a lot more truth to it. Um, and I think there's two, yeah, there's two or three teams after him. Last year, I think he had. Uh, a decent season, but it's sort of difficult to tell because it was the next level up. He hadn't mm. didn't play much of the season actually as centre forward. This season, as the main centre forward, um, even sort of keeping Crivelli out, he's he's really doing a good job. So I think a lot more interest is is inevitable. Um, I mean, I guess there's two ways to look at it from Roger's point of view. Is um, you know, if if he's it's a lot of money, but then if they sell him now, as you said, they're in trouble. If they keep him, then there's the risk that he'll fall away. But um, you know, if they've got confidence in him, then they should be thinking, well, he'll have a, a good second half of the season. He'll keep us up, and mm-hmm. we'll get, we'll be able to to sell him for even more. 
Yeah, I mean, um, we've, we've got Brighton, sorry, three no. points uh, separating 13th from 19th, which is where Angers are. They're not adrift. So, but if they sell him, I think they're, they seem screwed because he's he's got, you know, nine of their 21 goals. So Yeah, I think a lot a lot turns on him. Although I think they've already brought in a couple of players and Brutel is an excellent yes. keeper, but... That's not going to help them score. And goals. Prince Oniangi. Yeah, I mean that that will we'll hopefully like shore them up a bit in the in the middle, but isn't isn't an attacker. No, um, but uh, I mean I, I, that makes it seem like they're they're active, so I assume mm. they're looking elsewhere as well. But um, I mean, from Brighton point of view, I think he'd be. I'd rather have Dembele. There was, I had a couple of very very happy hours on Christmas Day when I thought that we'd signed Dembele before I realised that it was Sky Sports' usual thing of creating a story in order to then deny their own story just to keep the 24-hour rolling sports news going. They but, even um, do that on Christmas, don't they? You know, take the day off and watch Call the Midwife. You just thought, you? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to see him at Brighton for, and I think, you know, around 12 million these days is probably fair enough, but... If I was on share, I'd think keep him till the summer. Yeah. I think that moves us on nicely to kind of the, the next bit, which is a bit more freeform, which is obviously we've had the winter break. Uh, we've got the champion of autumn, PSG, obvs. Um, we're getting back into the swing of things with, with the cups, but we've got some teams in the table who seem who you're surprised to see down the lower end and some who you're surprised to see at the top end. And do we see any kind of big changes to how the, the table looks at the moment? Like are, are Angers going to recover, but also Bordeaux, Saint-Étienne and Toulouse are 15th, 16th and 17th. Are any of them going to pull themselves together? Similarly at the top of the table, We've got Nantes still in fifth somehow, um, Montpellier in seventh, having basically drawn half of all their games. Um, do we see any kind of changes after the restart that would be, you know, a significant shift from how teams were playing before the the, the Christmas break? Rich, anyone you want to pick out as potentially going up or down? Well, those those big three that are at the bottom, Bordeaux, Saint Etienne, and Lille. Um, you know, we know that they're going to have to have a real look at their squads in January. Um, I think the, the, the problems that... Um, the pro- I think it's the big problem that Bordeaux will probably face is Saint-Étienne, well, first of all, Lille, I suppose. You know, they've got now a, you know, a nice, stable manager. I think we can all agree, you know, Gautier's a, a good appointment. He'll, he will, I'm fairly certain, get them out of danger. Um, he's not a long-term guy. He's not a guy that will, will take this project to its glory. Um, but he will do what is required in, in this in the time and place and the position that they're in. Um, so, you know, if they're looking to bring players in, you know, Gautier knows the league, knows France, knows the kind of players that he wants that will get in, you know, will, will get the results that Lille need. Not necessarily the performances the fans will want, but ultimately all they're going to care about at the time being is the results. So I'm, I'm fairly confident that Lille will get out of it. Um, Saint-Étienne sort of need to sort out what on earth's going on behind the scenes um, before they I, I think that's even before they can start to look at, at what's happening on the pitch um, and then Bordeaux you know they we, we touched on Gorvenek earlier 
you know, if you're a player, if you're a player that's that's you know, got an offer on the table from Bordeaux, and you're looking at that and thinking, you know, well, it's similar, I suppose, to Saint Etienne. Um, what am I going into? You know, am I going into a club where, well, for Bordeaux anyway, am I going into a club where the manager's going to be sacked soon? You know, if the manager gets sacked, what's my what's my future with the club? So unless the Bordeaux president, um, Stefan Martin, I think he is, unless he is giving guarantees that, you know, Gorvinek will be here until the end of the season, no matter what, you know, I don't know why, you know, players that, that Bordeaux desperately need will be seriously considering them. Um, so of those three big teams, it's it's funny enough, considering I sort of condemned them a few a few weeks ago, I would, I would strongly anticipate that it's Lille that will get out of the danger the easiest. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree about Lille. I think Gaussier is going to be good enough to, exactly as Rich said, I don't think it will be very pretty to watch, but I think he'll he'll see them out of trouble. Um, Saint-Etienne have appointed a new director of football today, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know if that's yet another person <laughs> Um there to try to make decisions and cause more more mess or a good thing i suppose it depends how much freedom he's given to to do his job um again still kind of i think got faith in bordeaux that they're going to get out of it they've already made a couple of, of moves in the transfer window um they have to bring some defenders in though um and also i think um there's rumors that vada he hasn't said he wants to leave, but there's been interest in him, in him, and he said he's been he'd be open to offers. Mm. So yeah, all is not entirely well there. Um, I can I think I probably previously said I don't think they will, but I can see Amiens slipping. I think they've lost four in a row now. Yeah. Um, and um, possibly the same for Trois. And Carr as well. I mean, we were talking about it before before we started recording. That um, I didn't realise until I, I read your preview of their match. That Twelve Carr, goals. And as you said, that's even less than Mess <laughs> bottom. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it would take too much. They've got you know a bit of a cushion there, but it would. I don't think it would take too much mm. to see them slip. Yeah, it's a three-point cushion between where they are on Team Twenty Four. Uh, which is 10th to 12th and down to that 13th, 19th thing. So, I mean, that's that's one win. Um, one, one article I saw earlier, which is very interesting for the French speakers amongst us from Florent Tonioti, we'll try and retweet it from the, from the FFW account later, which is looking at uh, goalkeeper efficiency uh, on a number of different aspects. So shot stopping rates, XG, various, various things like that. Um, the, Basically, on the stopping rate side of things, the best goalkeepers are Lopez of OL, which you'd expect. Uh, Tatarasanu and Lecomte explaining why Nantes and Montpellier, two of the best three best defenders in the league, are doing so well. But also Regis Gertner of Amiens and Remy Vakout of Caen. So, you know, Caen, I think, are if Vakout has some bad games, if that defence, you know, slips just a bit, given that they've only got 
12 goals um you know that could be an issue if they can't get get scoring uh, some more one other interesting thing uh, from that was in the xg side of things that uh, bordeaux were worst followed by saint-etienne basically that the entire defense is not functioning as it should be for those two teams which i think is something that you know both of you mentioned they, they're going to need the the defense to to step up a bit. Uh, another interesting point was that Alphonse Aviola is quite low down in the overall kind of rankings, taking all of these things into consideration, which obviously PSG are one of the best three defences. Largely, that's kind of a danger avoidance thing, which I think we've all felt for a while, which is PSG keep the ball and attack so much, they very rarely get attacked. But when they do, their goalkeeper doesn't look doesn't look brilliant and that could be interesting when the European matches uh, come back into play so um, moving on and looking at the the next round of Liga matches game 20 uh, we've got some um, you know some interesting games coming up but they're not really the big games PSG are away at Nantes uh, which you get the feeling will be kind of cagey for about 75 minutes and then PSG will just win is that your feeling? That just feels like that's going to happen. Um, but um, other matches that might be slightly more interesting, we've got some of those big teams down the bottom playing each other, which is that Saint-Étienne will be hosting Toulouse. Troyes, who are in 14th, will be hosting Bordeaux in 15th. So kind of that little group um, in the uh, potentially troubled um category down the bottom all going to be playing each other as well as that we've also got Ren playing OM which for top half point of view might also be kind of interesting so are there any games you'd pick out of this first weekend as being you know key games for how the table could develop uh Rich uh Trois Bordeaux I think is mm-hmm. has the potential to be huge you know to to hang on about the same point that seems like the only thing I've talked about this pod but um you know, Bordeaux lose that. Even the biggest, even the biggest Corvinet fan has to think that's it. That that has to be it. Um, uh, you know that that's a, that's that has a potential to be a huge game for for both teams. You know, I think Twire is certainly one of those teams. You know, hovering around that 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 zone where they could very very easily just drop. Um, you know, they've got they've got form of struggling in Liga in recent years. Um, so, but I mean, both seats, both teams in that game are going to be absolutely desperate for the win. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not going to be a great game to watch by by any means. Um, but for for the tenseness, is that even a word? Tenseness of the game, um, it's probably going to be a, a must watch. Jazz. Um, I think quite similarly to that, Saint-Étienne against Toulouse. I mean, we're talking about big clubs at the bottom in in Saint-Étienne, Lille and Bordeaux. Toulouse, obviously, not quite as big as them, don't quite have the same history, but they're not a small team either. And, you know, they're well established in Ligue 1 and, you know, it's a decent city and everything. I still think they're sort of perennial underachievers. But this year, they're they're sort of silently slipping further and further down as well. And um, I think it's, it's a huge match to sort of set the tone for for those two teams, um, Toulouse had a, a good um, 
Coupe de France result beating mm. beating Nice. So, you know, that might give them a bit more confidence. But um, you know, Saint Etienne, as, as bad as they are, Saint Etienne and Bordeaux, they're actually ahead of Toulouse as as, as we speak. Um, if Saint Etienne can get a win now, that four four point cushion over Toulouse, I think, is huge. Mm. Um, if Toulouse can get a win, then you know they're, they they do seem a sort of confidence team. You can see them pushing on, but they need to sort of break their downward spiral quite soon. And um, yeah, I think a, a defeat this weekend could sort of really yeah set a bad tone for them for the second half of the season. Do do they actually? have a manager now is Sable actually the manager now or is that still no, Ga- about Saint-Etienne Gasse is the manager Gasse is what I knew there was something that happened that seemed a bit of a weird move if Rob well, Lucas is in the dressing room I think before he <laughs> well they they would they they were adamant that it wasn't that thing that Ajaxio did that time about Right. having Sable, but because he doesn't have the qualifications, they've just got Gasse to sit on the bench. Whether that's true or not, I think it just became clear that Sable, if he doesn't have his qualifications yet, it's because it's for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, as, as good a guy as he seems, and certainly as good a Saint-Etienne guy as he seems, I'm not sure he was up to it. Not necessarily his fault, because there seems mm. to be so many sort of... <laughs> Yeah. Other things going on there, but at least Gasse's got a bit more sort of experience, maybe authority yeah. as well. I mean, I think um, their Coupe de France match was one where I thought that could be another upset because they were playing Nîmes. Uh, Nîmes got somebody sent off within about 15 minutes, and I think Saint Etienne uh, took that, was it 2 0? 2-1, something. 2-0, two, two two yeah. Uh, and Bozok was suspended. Yes. Them, yeah. It? So, Neem basically were playing with 10 men and without their main striker. So, that didn't... My bet on that one didn't come off. Let's put it that way. Um, so, um, as well as that, as I mentioned, Rennes are at home to Marseille. Obviously, the last time these guys met, it was... Uh, <clears throat> that cup match with you know that refereeing performance and and that uh, penalty shootout was it? Did it go to penalties? Yes. Um, I mean that's obviously Renard ninth and some distance off Marseille, but Marseille are trying to kind of hang on to two and three. Monaco and Lyon are both on forty-one points. Marseille are three points off. They need to keep in touch. This could be a match which is a little bit iffy, um, where they have to have to really concentrate to try to keep hold of that, or they will drop off from the podium. Rich, how do you reckon your team's chances are of uh, making that happen? <laughs> um, I have no idea with Ren anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in that position of I really don't know what to expect from that team. Um, I mean, I would like to say that looking at the league game form since Lamushi came in, there's a definite improvement. But, you know, we're, we're basing that on the form that they were under Gorkouf, uh, uh, which was obviously not great. But there has been improvement. Ismail Asar is back now. Um, and and as, uh, as Lamushi himself said, you know, this is the first, this is our first transfer of the, of the window to, to have him back and, um, and hopefully now being played in a better position than, than Gorkouf was playing in. Um, Marseille, 
I get a lot of stick from Marseille fans, maybe rightly so, maybe not, but they're where they are not because they're playing well. They're where they are because other teams are not playing anywhere near to the, their their actual potential. You know, any other season, they wouldn't be in fourth place. They really wouldn't. I, I, I maintain there have been only a handful of games where they have absolutely played teams off the park. Um you know, it may be that Saturday afternoon it's it's another one of those games where they do. But, you know, Marseille for me are, are a team that they can be beaten. You know, they, they don't play well. They, they've got some good results, don't get me wrong, but they've got good results by having a bit of luck on their side, the other team not playing as well. Um, so for this one, I would probably, as much as I'd like to go for a rain win, obviously... I'm going to go for a score draw on that one. I think I described Wren in the uh, Coupe de la Ligue previews, which are up on the site, Wren as consistently inconsistent. And um, I'm, I'm sticking with that. Uh, Jez, anything on that one? No, I just I agree with well what both of you said. I agree that Wren are consistently inconsistent. And I agree that I think Marseille's position is very flattering. Um, Rich said in his, his uh, preview of, of PSG, and um, you repeated it in the um, quoted in the uh, Coupe de la Ligue preview that um, you know you can probably predict they'll play badly um, yet win. I suppose it wasn't quite right against Rennes; they did play well and win. But I think that applies to Marseille for a hell of a lot of this season as well. It applied against Valenciennes, where by all accounts they were very lucky to get through. Um, and um, yeah, possibly they won't be found out because they do have a couple of match winners in their team who can sort of hide um, the faults of others there. Um, but you know, they were found out at home to Rennes and um, if Rennes have one of their good days, um, I don't see any reason why they can't win. Mm. Okay, so moving on, our final point is a bit of a roundup any other business really we did have one question again from from thomas uh, wiseman about the transfer window did any players need to leave their clubs was his question which is a bit more interesting than just would so and so do well at whatever club is there anybody who you think looking at, at the you know how things have panned out so far needs to leave to to be moving on or is it going to be the usual panic by January? It's a move that won't happen, but um, Nicolas de Preville needs to get out of... You know, we know he's a good player. He was a good player for Rance. He was a good player for Lille. It's just not worked out. I was, I was high, you know, full of hopes for, for his move to Bordeaux. It's not worked out for whatever reason. Um, you know, I'd like to see him out and about and with another team. Back to uh, back to playing well. Mm. I'd say Hatton Ben Arthur just needs to get the hell out of Paris, but we've been saying that for a while. But well, apparently um, now he wants, he's 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 had offers, but apparently he's saying you know he's he wants Real, happy, Real Madrid happy to stay wherever he is. No. Well, West Brom is the one I'm looking at, but um, oh, well, I, I perhaps don't blame him. Um, but otherwise, in in transfer market, obviously there's been. The the latest huge money deal has been um, going from uh, Coutinho, Liverpool to Barcelona. 
which is kind of again recalibrated pricing whatever um things like psg obviously you look at their squad and they keep saying they need to move some people on and bring other people in how are they going to do that do we think there's going to be any kind of substantive movement at psg in the window or is it just going to be as we suspect some of the younger players gorgon etc being shipped off on loan or sold because they're just not getting the playing time is there any movement that we think might might happen there well Luke, right. lucas moore is the one isn't it that they keep keep linking now with a move that he didn't want to move and now he's only interested in a move to the Premier League and he's only interested in a move to Man United. Now, PSG have come out and said, well, we want €40 million for him. Um, uh, Bear in mind, initially they were happy just to send him out on loan to Nantes. Um, So he seems to be the one, I think, before before, um, the the Coupe de France game against Rennes had said Di Maria potentially was one they could look at cashing in on. Whether they think actually there's a bit of worth keeping him in, keeping keeping him in the squad, bearing in mind their their Champions League um, desires. Mm. Uh, but this it, the PSG problem is is obviously they need to bring players in. Mm. You know we've said this at the start of the season if they really want to be winning this Champions League. They're going to be needing to bring in, you know, the proper defensive midfielder with Lasana Diara supposedly being that player that they're going to bring in. I can't they see need... that. I, I mean, it would be a bold move from him. Um, you know, that would be a brilliant he... move from him. It's, it would be. A... It's whether it's whether it's whether he can get that form back that, you know, he was he's so good with with Marseille. It's whether he can get that form back after a spell away from. You know this this level of football. Mm. Um, it, it seems a strange move. You know, I'm sure there are players that PSG could go out and buy, but I don't know how how badly they're being impacted by the old FFP. Um, but it's it's that position that they need to look at, and it's it's providing some defensive cover as yeah, well. I so, think one one thing that amused me after obviously PSG, as I may have mentioned earlier beat Ren 6-1 in the coup was uh, when Legit put their notes out Thiago Silva only got a 6 but that I don't, I, I wow don't, I don't. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Trapp somehow in a 6-1 win got a 7 <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite know how but artistic sorry. impression I don't <laughs> maybe, know maybe it was a typo they got them the wrong way around yeah. <laughs> so um, I think uh, Motta's injured at the minute he, had yeah, a not, he, he won't be playing in the Coupe de la Ligue at least. Cavani won't be playing in the Coupe de la Ligue either. But yeah, defensive midfield does look like somewhere where they need somebody. And we keep talking think... about the, the young players, but they none of the ones we know about are listed as that position. So, well, I think when you're talking about who um, who needs to leave, who needs to come in, I mean, there's, there's cases to be made at every club, I think, both mm. ways. But PSG, in a way, is... Is, is certainly the most intriguing because there's a hell of a lot of players who I think for the good of their careers, if not their bank balances, should be leaving. And uh, yeah, PSG need to bring players in and by all accounts, they need to get rid of players in order to do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, at the top end, you know, the, the Pastore, I suppose um, it, pro- it probably depends on what, what he knows deep down about his injury situation. I mean, it would be lovely to see him somewhere playing week in week out Hmm. but um if he's only going to be reduced to being a bit part player then 
you know, if the love affair between him and PSG is that strong, then he might as well stay. But yeah, I think Lucas Moura needs to leave. Um, I do think Di Maria probably still needs to leave. Um, at the other, Drags- yeah. Draxler seems to have kind of solidified his situation a little bit. I mean, he was at the beginning of the season looking like, oh, shit, he needs to move on. But yeah, that same seems to be working okay. Same with Los Celso, because he wasn't getting mm. any chances, but re- more recently he has been. Um, and then, yeah, the other end of the, of the sort of age spectrum, there's players like Georgen and, and uh, Caligari, who I think need to go. I think they're being wasted, yeah. not not even on the bench. I think Caligari is a, can play as a, as a defensive mm. midfielder. Um, but, yeah, until they go, I think it's affecting their careers, and it's also affecting PSG, because... You know, Lasana Diara for a Champions League, you know, mm. a, a team that is seriously but aspiring is, to win this the is Champions League. In a sense, their problem, you know, the LFP, uh, the FFP, whatever the the uh, squad lists controlled for for the uh, Champions League. Obviously, you you get a buy for the young players who come up from the academy. They've got basically nobody. They could have so many more players in their squad if they blooded some of these young guys and you can't just chuck them in at this stage against Real Madrid that would be ridiculous they should have been given the chance to play some of these you know less exciting matches in Liga, the the League Cup the Coupe de France things like that and they haven't been we got like Nkuku's played about an hour and Sico's played half that um, it's you know it's a it's it's a perennial problem that they've had, and I kind of understand it because obviously they are, you know, who they are, and they have to play well every week. But you know, you could be bringing, you know, these guys through one at a time and giving them a giving them a chance in in matches where they know they're going to win. So it does seem a bit of a shame that you know these guys that we've watched for you know the France youth teams apart from anything else, um, who are kind of fighting to get away so they can actually play some football. Well, well there's, there's another player that PSG may cash in on and it's that's um, Guedes, mm. um, who apparently has been playing very, very well over in Spain um, for Valencia. But I think, is it 35 million? I think I saw 30, 35 million um, was was the amount that they were, they were looking to sell him for. And it's like, I mean, he's not, he's never had a particularly... Decent run in the team, barely any appearances for PSG. Uh, you know, a young player who's playing really well. It just seems a bit odd that they're willing to cash in so soon after buying him, and then he bought him at the start of last year. Um, but you know, he's apparently been playing very, very well. And you just thought, well, I know he's a wide player, but I mean, it's not it's not necessarily a position that that PSG are are struggling to fill. But young, you know. Cavani's not going to be going on forever. Is the plan to be, you know, Mbappe coming into the into the central central striking role that then leaves a space on the wing? It just seems a strange. It does seem a, a, an FFP esque move to to free up a bit of cash. Okay. So is it's there... a pity from from yeah from what everyone says he's playing brilliantly at, um, at Valencia. And I know there's there's a lot of PSG fans who would like him to to be given a chance, but if they need the money, then possibly that's the most sensible one. Seeing as he's not even in the country at the moment. 
Right. So before we finish up, is there any other business anybody wants to mention before we have uh, round 20 at the weekend and then coops later in the in the month? No, that's all so. good for me. All I'm, good? I'm pleased to see uh, Yanni Mbakoto back in France. He was a bit of a hero at mess and didn't have a great time at QPR, but Gangon signed in, so ah. I'm pleased to see him back. Nothing else to say. Uh, I think, well, one thing, um, I've seen several tweets so far this window going, oh, it's good to see so-and-so back in France, which has been like Prince Onyangi as well, apart from anything else. So um, I'm sure we'll be looking out for some transfers, which might not be, you know, top dollar or earth-shaking or anything like that, but some players it would just be nice to see back in Liga um, and uh, hope hope they do well there. So thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions about anything that's going on that isn't, um, about a player going to your club, possibly, because, you know, we're less likely to be able to cover that. If you have any questions, do, do send them over. If you've got any um, ideas about uh, who's going to go up, who's going to go down, what you think is going to happen in the Cups, do let us know over on the Twitter at French FT Weekly, uh, where you can also uh, follow all of us as well. So we will uh, speak to you very soon with another edition of French Football Weekly. Thanks very much and good night.